You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. You weren't irresistible to women. He hypnotized you so that really ugly girls that you met from then on would, to you, look like supermodels. What? Yeah, if they had inner beauty or some baloney. See, you could get any woman you desired because you were suddenly desiring the undesirable. You get it? No, not exactly. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you are listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies, the ones you're nostalgic about, the ones you loved growing up, maybe you haven't seen them in a while, though, and we watch these movies objectively. We let you know, are they any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week, we watched 2001's romantic comedy fantasy, Shallow Hal. <laughs> Why did we do that? Because it's the biggest love story ever told, Zach. Mm. That was the tagline. That was, yeah, I know. I, I, we're several, we're more than 100 episodes in. I understand. <laughs> you get the, how we go, yeah. That you do the tagline of the, sh- of the movie at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, this is a tagline and poster that I remember uh, quite a bit, actually, because this, this movie, for some strange reason, probably hasn't been talked about in a good 10, 15 years, I'd imagine, by anyone of any merit. No. This was kind of, or it seemed like a big deal at the time. I remember this being like weirdly hyped for this movie. Yeah, I, they did some pretty intense marketing for it, if I can remember. Like Jack Black was like really starting to blow up, and I just I remember specifically in the trailer the one scene where they're about to have sex, and like you see a yep. skinny girl taking her underwear off, it gets thrown at Blackjack, and the underwear is suddenly massive. Um, like, you know, like five feet around, um, comically, like it's obviously like played for a joke, but it's, yeah, they, I just remember them doing a fuck ton of marketing for this. And then it ran on syndication and comedy central bunch. I don't think I was even old enough to go see this movie when it came out in theaters or maybe I was, but definitely wasn't interested. This is coming from the Fairley brothers, which is why I think it was also on my radar because at this time I was in love with dumb and dumber, um, <laughs> you know, Anything really, really yep. stupid. So I think with my burgeoning affection for Jack Black, as we had mentioned on our School of Rock podcast, this was his first really big leading role anyway. And so I was excited to see him in this. I was also just generally excited by the premise, which looking back on, I am ashamed to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it didn't make a lot of sense to me back when it came out, and it definitely doesn't make sense to me now. That And they try and explain it away in the movie. The the fact that this is a movie about, of all men, Jack Black being <laughs> super picky about women and like only like only needing like model status women is absurd. It's fucking crazy. And I don't think it appealed to me back then. I, I'll, I'll be honest up front. I'm not nostalgic about this movie at all. I think I'm more nostalgic about TV because I remember the marketing for it so much. So getting into that, yeah, were you a fan after actually having seen it back in the day? No, I mean, it. I, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was very, you know, I didn't think it was good. I thought it was very middling, all things considered. But I will say the first time I saw it, I did not watch it through the scope of someone who lives in 2021, if you know what I mean. Oh, for sure. I, I have way different thoughts about this movie now than what I felt back when it came out. Back when it came out, I thought it was just kind of boring now i've got things to talk about yeah for those who just have no idea what the plot is 
it, it's basically uh, sums it up right here on IMDb. A shallow man falls in love with a 300 pound woman because of her inner beauty. It fails to mention <laughs> the hypnosis, the hypnosis and... <laughs> slash maybe magic slash I like I don't understand. Yeah. And I mean, back in the day, for whatever reason, I, I found this movie more sentimental, I think, than rewatching it. I, I remember it being like the one Fairly Brothers movie or at least one of the, those movies that really dialed up the the sappy. Yeah. It certainly tries. Yeah. I think it's basically like a, a feature length fat joke with a fucking 40 minute like apology coda (laughs) yes i don't know like exactly they're they're wearing their heart on their sleeve and i can't necessarily say that they have the worst intentions but as we get into the plot and a lot of the parts that i have problems with uh it's a problematic movie really problematic it really is yeah buzzfeed i guess released a poll in which they asked readers the 30 of the most quote-unquote problematic films um if they hold up today and shallow hal received more problematic votes than I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry and wow. Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> those are and those are two maybe the worst offenders. Problem- yeah, I mean like Chuck and Larry is a, like you said, like pretty much a. I don't know how long that movie is, but it's a feature length <laughs> gay joke. Yeah, of course. And the fucking and Revenge of the Nerds. I don't know how many of our listeners have seen Revenge of the Nerds. Probably quite a few of them. That movie we can't do anymore. It does no. not hold up. You can't watch that movie. <laughs> it's, it's straight up plays up plays like date rape for jokes for yeah. Laughs. It's it's, like it's a, a feature date rape yeah. joke. It's Ooh, crazy. Goodness. Yeah, there's some crazy shit in that one. And again, in a lot of comedies, and especially during this time in particular, you know what? I was glad to not hear. I don't think I got a single f bomb. Not fuck. But you know what I mean? I didn't hear any hateful derogatory language, which I expected in a 2001 Fairly Brothers comedy. That's true, but Jason Alexander dances around the word a billion times. He is He's awful in this this movie. He's he's so offensive in this movie. I like, and man, he probably was just like, you know, obviously coming off Seinfeld, he was probably looking for new roles. He was probably like, okay, this is my chance to like break into like movies and like be a film star. But man, oh man, oh man, oh man, this wasn't the one to do it. He always plays the asshole when he's in these like, what pretty woman. I just always find him in movies to be just like a fucking wretch of a human being. (laughs) He plays an asshole in Curb Your Enthusiasm, (laughs) which is himself. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. So, Shallow How is directed by Bobby and Peter Fairley, the Fairley brothers, of course. This is our second film from these filmmakers. We did cover Osmosis Jones uh, <laughs> back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. Yep. Forgot about they, that. They, of course, also brought us Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, There's Something About Mary, Me, Myself, and Irene, Stuck on You, Fever Pitch, The Heartbreak Kid, Hall Pass, The Three Stooges, Movie 43, and Dumb and Dumber 2. Peter Fairley, of course, would go on to win uh, the Oscar <laughs> Best Picture winner, Green Book. God. <laughs> Questionables. Uh, which, honestly, out of all of the films in their filmography there, Mo- Shallow How maybe Movie 43, dude? <laughs> maybe the one that's closest to, uh, you know, to see the trajectory of where they'd go with something as, as schmaltzy as a green book, you know? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's fair. So it's got a 5.9 on IMDb at a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a critic's consensus that reads, while surprisingly sweeter and warm-hearted than previous Fairly outings, Shallow Hell is also less funny and more bland. It cost $40 million to make. It earned $70 million in the U.S. with a worldwide gross of $141 million. Actually opened at number two behind Monsters, Inc., dude. What a weekend. Holy shit. Placed 34th on the domestic charts that year just behind the score and ahead of Swordfish. 
And in terms of comedies released that year, it did beat Rush. I'm sorry, it was beaten by Rush Hour 2, American Pie 2, Dr. Doolittle 2, Scary Movie 2. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and Legally Blonde. What a year for the sequels. That's insane. Uh, it did outgross uh, Down to Earth, Rat Race, previous episode Zoolander, Evolution, Not Another Teen Movie, and uh, Zach's favorite movie, Black Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with The Dark Knight, but uh, right. Martin Lawrence yeah, in Martin uh, Medieval in, in, <laughs> Medieval yeah, Times as, yeah. a, as a knight. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for uh, saying that that was my favorite movie because you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no need to do a podcast episode on it because it, it holds, holds up. up. It's 100% brand in your thoughts. <laughs> so, as we mentioned before, this is really Jack Black's leading role, uh, first leading role. He had been in about 20 films prior, just in like supporting character roles, this and that. But this was his first role as lead actor. Ironically, he did have to lose weight for the role. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Ugh. And the other uh, lead star of the film, actually top build, Gwyneth Paltrow who does play both roles of slim and overweight uh, Rosemary, except there's a couple of close-up shots of uh, Rosemary below the neck, which was played by her body double. Uh, she did have to wear a specially designed 25-pound fat suit and encapsulating prosthetic makeup. She has since admitted that she did not enjoy partaking in production of this movie, in particular uh, dreading having to wear the fat suit and makeup, which took about four hours to apply. <laughs> So she doesn't like the fact that she was in this movie, not for the, <laughs> not, <laughs> not for, for the, the morality of matter, it, yeah. yeah, not for the morality of it, but for the fact that like uh, it was just a lot of work. There's a hilarious like uh, trivia bit, and I've read articles on her being interviewed after the movie. Being it's such, it's such like Hollywood bullshit of her being like, yeah, I, I had the fat suit on, and I went like walked around town, and people were just so different they didn't like make eye contact with me and i really feel for those people and it's just like i mean it's just like yeah it's just people treating me differently yeah because you're not fucking yeah because walking down the street yeah literally like i hope you don't go on to make freaking vagina scented candles one day (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh gosh i bet she honestly she should do a tie-in where it's like rosemary's Rosemary's vagina vagina scented candle yeah a shallow but it's the same thing and that's her fucking statement is that it doesn't matter how fat we are. That's right. That's what it is. Our vaginas all smell the same. <laughs> Gwyneth Baltrow. Vagina. Oh, and um, not a whole lot on the making of this movie, honestly. I just did want to mention your favorite trivia points, which was that it was nominated for three Teen Choice Awards. Thanks. Uh, best comedy, best comedy actor, and best comedy actress. The fact that they so. would market this to kids is fucking ridiculous, but okay. Yeah. Well, thankfully, on the uh, parents' guide, on the IMDb's parents' guide, the first thing there is sex and nudity, and it says mild. There's like you know, 11 out of 28 found this mild. But the very first little uh, <laughs> content warning says very, very, very brief glimpse of a woman's nipple. Blink, <gasps> and you'll miss it. <laughs> I didn't see nipple. Yeah, exactly. But now if I'm a kid or a parent looking that up, I'm looking for that nipple. Yeah. Don't mention nipple. If you want your kids to not watch the movie don't mention nipples they're gonna want to watch the movie yeah and parents don't show this movie to your kids (laughs) (laughs) so it's rated pg-13 for language and sexual content zach anything else before uh, we get in uh no man i just is there anybody else of note in this movie besides gwyneth paltrow and jason alexander 
I don't think so. There's a lot of the Fairly Brothers staples, all those people, those guys that you see in all of their movies and kind of bit parts in here and there. But yeah, yeah no, not a, a not a yeah, not people. a stacked cast, I will say, other than uh, the brief appearance by Kyle Gass. <laughs> oh yeah, the Kyle Gass part was maybe my favorite part. Anyway, um, yeah, go ahead. No, uh, I think we're good. Let's fucking dive in. All right, and this one might be a little hazy for Zach. He watched the movie weeks ago in preparation for this episode. <laughs> And I got to tell you, it's a forgettable movie minus the fucking super offensive thing. So please forgive me. So we begin on the death of Reverend Larson. This is uh, Hal Larson's father. So he is on his deathbed. We meet Hal's mom, briefly played by Molly Shannon, uh, which was nice to see her for all of two seconds. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, dad's on his deathbed. He gives his son some unexpected advice while uh, heavily sedated on painkillers. Basically, you know, he's he's Hal goes in to have his last words with his dad. And he's expecting this, you know, <laughs> very meaningful, some moment godly, with his father. Yeah. meaningful moment. Yeah. And he's basically like, no, like I did it all wrong. Find yourself a classic beauty with a perfect can and great toddies. <laughs> God damn it, dude. This is the worst explanation of why Jack Black is the way that he is, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. Because I, you know, I, I couldn't remember the beginning of the movie because i couldn't remember that that was part of it like i just didn't remember that that is why he's shallow hal it's like a kind of bullshit origin story to make you like understand why the character's an asshole but still empathize with the character which by the way (laughs) it is worth noting too that like they bring this up several times. Like someone's like well hal is a great guy he's nice and he's loyal and he's like no he's not He's a fucking asshole. At no point is this character, character like super likable. Even when he starts dating Rosemary and he's being super sweet to her, it's literally only because he thinks she's Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, yeah. I, the only thing that makes him look better is the fact that his best friend, Jason Alexander, is a monster. Is <laughs> even worse. Yeah. He's terrible. But yeah, the dad goes, hot young tale is what it's all about. Hot young tale are his last words as he dies. Hilarious. And then we get uh, cut to, you know, 20 some odd years later. Hal is now played by Jack Black and he's dancing it up with his best friend Mauricio at a nightclub, which, by the way, if I were to see Jack Black and Jason Alexander at a nightclub, Jason Alexander, mind you, is dressed as like an accountant. <laughs> yeah. just, like, what the fuck are these guys doing here? People don't hang out at that nightclub if they see those two in there. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> no, I know that no. this whole movie is about freaking inner beauty and stuff, but hot young people walking into a nightclub and they see Jack Black and Jason Alexander in there, they turn around. Tearing it up on the dance floor? No, this isn't Applebee's. They de- they're definitely not dancing. <sighs> and yeah, so those words, Jack Black's dad's words have really set him up to become the, the title character. He's a superficial dude, completely obsessed with the physical beauty of women. Mauricio is even worse. He apparently at this stage in his life is now breaking up with his very beautiful girlfriend, all for seemingly because the size of her big toe is like bigger than. So, I'm sorry. Yes. The, the second, second toe is larger <laughs> than the big Which, toe. Which, by the way, uh, <laughs> all of my, both of my feet. The... A lot of people have this. Yeah. My mom's we used to call it the ET toe. It's just a bigger yeah, toe it's than, just bigger. The, than the sorry, big toe. It's longer. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that that was. Well, I didn't realize that that wasn't like just the anatomy of feet. What are you about to make a no. penis joke? Oh no! 
No, dude, I'm about to say that you're a fucking freak of nature. Oh, okay. And that's the end of the podcast because I don't want to do a podcast with some toe having. Well, I mean, it's just a bigger toe. I'm hurt. I don't need that circus shit, is what uh, Jason Alexander says to him. It's so funny. <laughs> He's like, it's just a big toe. He's like, oh, oh God. That circus shit. The fuck are you talking about? Oh, and what like is he up can with get, his like hair? he can do better. Exactly. But what's up with his hair? Well, I think they make a. I think they make a joke in this later in the game. He clearly has like plugs or something or like dye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it looks like uh fucking chia pet hair almost. Yeah. It looks but, like, terrible. Black and, and painted on. It's very weird because like, they go a long time without addressing it. So the they go the like the like, entire movie. Bad? Yeah. They go at least like an hour and a half without addressing his hair. One of the girls that Hal has been trying to get with for a while now, Jill, his neighbor, uh, turns him down yet again. This was the night they were supposed to go on a date, but she's just not attracted to him um, because she thinks he's shallow. But we're not going to get into that until later. As of now, he still holds this as like a chip on his shoulder. Like, oh, I'm I'm not good enough because he also the casting of Jack Black also allows them to not make jokes at his expense, but at least be able to recognize that he's not, you know, some stud himself. Exactly. Like he they they do make a point of it, I think, in the next scene when he's at his office that, you know, they mentioned you go for a lot of women who are out of your league. Yeah, that's kind of his the thrill. Yeah, yeah, and that's the point of Jack Black is that like, which again, like I understand where they're going for it, but it deals. It still does make for like a weird premise that someone like that wouldn't appreciate women who aren't models. Yeah, especially coming from his like two coworkers. This is where we get the cameo from Kyle Gass. At that work meeting, though, he does find out that he is not getting this promotion that he's been gunning for, so he's a bit bummed out. Um, and that's when Kyle Gass and his other coworker tell him, that's basically your like huge flaw. And they can, again, as you mentioned, everyone keeps telling him again and again, you're such a nice guy. And it's yeah. like, well, if he was such a nice guy, you'd think he'd be able to recognize the quote-unquote inner beauty in other people. But Exactly. You'd think he wouldn't be such a fucking asshole about women's looks. And he yeah. is. He's a massive dick. So that day he gets trapped in an elevator. It kind of comes out of nowhere. There's no mention of like self-help gurus and life coaches. And so when you see Tony Robbins just out of the blue, it's like, oh, okay, it's, it's Tony Robbins, whatever. Yeah. Of course, yeah. during this time, huge, these these personalities and whatnot, I think have just moved to Instagram and there's you know way more of them now. And so the, <laughs> yeah. this, this character doesn't really exist. I, I wouldn't be able to identify Tony Robbins today today no i no. would have forgotten all about it yeah, yeah. but i but when like you see him and you're like oh fuck yeah i yeah, remember, I remember tony robbins now yeah fuck but uh so tony robbins yes the self-help guru he listens to jack black kind of explain his life story as they're trapped in this elevator for i don't know a few hours or whatnot and after learning about how his like sort of pattern of judging women tony decides that he's gonna hypnotize him essentially so that he can only see women's inner beauty that depending on how good a person is will now dictate their physical representation i have so many issues with just this basic premise i like i kind of i get what they're going for and i kind of like it on like maybe a short film level yeah. but when you start to pull things apart people he has met prior to in his life i would imagine appearance would change based on this new hypnosis like yeah you would think and a lot of like <clears throat> there's a point in the movie where there's a couple of men who look good and it turns out that they're you know not yep. good looking but it's like that that's the first time and it, we go like an hour without yeah. seeing that so and his friend jason alexander is still like jason alexander so yeah it, it's there's so many holes to poke in this premise and also are we implying that 
Tony Robbins is magic or that he's like, I, I don't know. It's very, 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 very weird. And like, I don't know if there's a better way to do this plot, but this one seems like a stretch. It just seems weird to like throw a celebrity guru in here. I mean, it seems like you just do one of the stupid, like he gets bonked on the head. He falls asleep. It's all, you know, all these dumb, stupid scenarios that they've pulled in all these body switch movies or all these kind of fantastical comedy premises. This one just seems kind of strange. Do Freaky Friday for fuck's sakes, and I'll like accept it more than Tony Robbins hypnotized him in a elevator. Right. Like, yeah. on, like honestly, meet like, yeah, get struck by lightning. Do a, do something. Yeah, yeah. Because because again, I'm just wondering. Yeah, is Jason Alexander because his personality so shitty? Does that just dictate that's what that personality would look like on a man? Is Jason Alexander? Nothing would well, change. I don't and know. And that's and that's they imply that too. It, that if you're an ugly person on the inside, you suddenly look ugly because there's a nurse in the hospital right? who's like a playboy bunny. <laughs> and then, yes. But when you see her through Hal's perspective, she's like super old and like got smoker's cough. Yeah. So the next woman he meets is a bombshell. Absolutely gorgeous. He shares a cab ride with her. She's super nice and very like shy and awkward and, and he doesn't quite understand why she's even giving him the time of day. Uh, of course, the taxi driver does not think she's very cute. He's making all sort of like weird faces and questions every time he calls her beautiful or this or that. Mm-hmm. But Hal does get her number. And so now at this point, he thinks like maybe Tony Robbins just made him super confident, uh, maybe even irresistible to women. He, he's not sure what's going on, but he's going to take advantage of it. So he calls up Mauricio to, to go out dancing again. And this is where we get more of like true colors uh, <laughs> of this character. Mauricio is straight up disgusted by some of the girls that yeah. Hal is interacting with. Dancing. And he is calling them the worst things, like the hippo and like the giraffe, like just he, what an asshole. This character <laughs> makes me so uncomfortable. He really is such a prick. Hal does not realize, obviously, that he's been hypnotized, later meets Rosemary, who is played by Gwyneth Paltrow. So for the most part of this movie, I'd say, I mean, she complained about the makeup and the prosthetic, but most of this movie, she is Gwyneth Paltrow. There are a few shots of kind of close-ups or or shots from behind of other people's perspectives when you see her, where it's her larger stand-in, but most of the time it's Gwyneth Paltrow until basically the last, the last act, not even, maybe half of the last act. I was going to say she's she's only in maybe like five scenes. She turns like out to be the daughter scene. of the president and of the company never where long, Jack either. Black's employed. Rosemary is, of course, obese. But when Hal sees her, uh, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. She's very slender. This, you know, almost like trophy blonde. And he's immediately smitten. So so this character of Rosemary, I <sighs> it's so problematic because like I it, she's clearly sweet. She clearly has all these great intentions. <sighs> so she's not quite used to the attention, right? Like, so it makes sense that even a person like Jack Black, who's coming over and like talking to her and being friendly. But when he first like meets her, of course, she's underwear shopping or whatever. And so she's like holding up the thing he's going on. Like, what did you like rip the sail on your sailboat or this or that? And she, and then he thinks, oh, maybe she's buying it for someone else. I've probably offended her. And so he does apologize and end up like taking her out for, for like a coffee or for dinner or lunch anyway. Yeah. And I don't know, like, she kind of initially interprets his affection as mockery uh, because he's just so, un- like, unabashedly into her um, and she just doesn't understand it, but begins to realize maybe his feelings are more sincere. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Dude, this movie leaves me speechless sometimes because I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Because then, so it's like, all right, well, so, all right, 
treat this character with some dignity. If she's a really sweet person, this and that, like I'm, I can be on board for this premise. Yeah. But then they'll do these things where they're constantly trying to like embarrass her or get like jokes out of falling chairs. Like she keeps like breaking the chairs or wherever they go to like yeah. food at. And she's she, too heavy. She orders like a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of food. That's the I thing. Then it's, then it'll go to the food thing where she'll like eat a giant slice of cake. That's just like, it's like, okay, you're trying to like, you know, make this character feel fully realized and heartfelt, but also you're you know constantly taking her down and then also like apologizing for it. I don't know what you want me to feel. Do you want me to laugh at this or not? Yeah. Like at one point she grabs like half a cake and like eats it without a fork and stuff. Like it's like, come you on know, real disgusting shit. Yeah, exactly. Are you going for, this is a nice character that like you shouldn't let, are you trying to teach us a lesson? Or are you trying to get fat jokes out? Yes. Yes, and, and it clearly seems they're trying to do both, like have their cake and eat it too, no pun intended, but like that's literally, what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, and it's not working no. at, at all. And so, again, Jack Black, when Hal tries to explain, uh, you know, his his whole meet-cute with Rosemary to Mauricio, Jason Alexander, he's kind of doesn't really even think she really exists, but then comes to the idea of like, maybe she's got ugly duckling syndrome. Like, you know, some yeah, some girls grow up ugly, they... Once they get to a certain point, they are just nice to people because that's how they sort of defense mechanism in the wild is what he's going on about. Yeah, I don't know what his fucking excuse is. (laughs) Uh, That is, of course, until he meets her, in which case, yeah, he's like, where is she behind the rhino? I don't know. What's all the animal puns? Yeah, I don't know. He always (laughs) makes animal puns. Like I said, it's he's so gross. I don't know why they made this character as gross as they did. Because, again, he can barely just have conversations with her. Like, it's yeah. the fact that he's so uncomfortable just being around her. It's exactly. Like, There's a lot on. of, like, weird fat phobia in this, too. Yeah. And, again, it's just weird because the two, like, male leads in this movie, uh, like, Jay, <laughs> like, Jack Black had to lose weight. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. So, Rosemary, again, because she's such a sweetly character, she actually volunteers at, like, a children's hospital. And it's like, all right, well, again, like, you're just giving me all the, and she is in the Peace Corps, and it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, she's in the Peace Corps, she, <laughs> fuck. Also, the little girl in the burn ward. Yes. That we get to eventually. Ugh, I See, this is where I just didn't need, like, this in the movie. Just kind of weird. Yeah, it's, like, super manipulative. You see where they're going to go for, and I actually caught something watching it this time, so, they go to the they go to a children's hospital. It's like all sick children, obviously. And Jack Black kind of has like a Patch Adams moment where he goes in and and like you know woos all the kids, has fun yeah. time. You know, it, it, she's clearly like smitten with how good he is with all the kids, and he's treating them all with with such respect and 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 this and that. But he clearly just sees a bunch of kids because he's obviously seeing them based mm-hmm. off their inner beauty, supposedly. So later on in the film, we'll learn that where they were was the burn unit. And when they leave that shot here at this point in the movie. Jack Black, Gwyneth Paltrow walk out. You can see the camera as like starts to tilt up because I think they were going to give away this reveal here that it was the burn unit, oh, but really? then they cut like so it's an awkward. You can tell it's like an awkward halfway through a tilt. It just cuts, um, and so that reveal is later on. Of course, a decision made in the editing room. Clearly, yes, absolutely. I, I don't know. So again, I, I get what they're going for, and some of this is 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 sweet, and some of it's just like really manipulative, and I feel like is is kind of half hearted. But that night. Uh, Hal, you know, had a really good time. He tries to take Rosemary upstairs back to uh, his apartment, but she refuses. Um, she's not really used to this attention and frankly gets upset that he keeps calling her beautiful and she ends up leaving. I actually think this interaction here is kind of sweet, not sweet, realistic, or like the, if he were to keep doing this in a person, you know, with her perspective yeah. and with her experiences, 
would feel uncomfortable, frankly, and just like not understand what he's doing and honestly, frankly, think he's being an asshole. And I like that comment on us, like people, you know, you know what I mean? Like we suck. But like, I, I thought that was a decently acted scene. And, and I think that what they were saying made sense. The next day, she does come back to apologize, and this is where we get a, a very Fairly Brothers montage in which mm-hmm. she's drinking a milkshake super fast before he can even get to it. You know, they're going kayaking, and her end is in the water, and he's just kind of suspended in the air, not that understanding shot, yeah. the physics. Yeah, all of this, all of this is trailer shots, yeah. And honestly, I think most of the jokes in this movie were in the trailer, because a yeah. lot of this is sentimental. But then, of course, we get the Rosemary jumping in the pool, which is like the big splash moment. And honestly, this is the one I did. I got to admit laughing at the kid who like, <laughs> like was in the tree, like the guy yelling for his son, like, Billy, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I was too confused why that guy would have like his own personal like <laughs> grill at the grill public, pool? At the public yeah. pool. Yeah, I was very confused by that. Not even like a portable one, like a, an actual like grill. Yeah, and then it's strange because then the next scene, she's dressed in kind of like revealing clothing, like some short shorts and like a tie-up top. And she's like, oh, I should have changed when we left the ocean, like when we left the beach. And so I'm wondering, was that a reshoot? Because they were just at a pool. Or is this like another day? Like, I feel like, again, that was another thing of like, oh, we probably just fucked up. We should have said the beach. Or maybe like they reshot it to take place at a pool or anyway. A haphazard edit in my opinion, but whatever. The the editing in this is not good. Really not good. (laughs) They have dinners. This day, they're having dinner with Rosemary's family. Hal gets a shot to sort of present some of his ideas to the boss, like the the big kahuna of this company that he's working at anyway, the one that he you know didn't get that promotion he wanted. So everything seems to go well. The parents are a little apprehensive, kind of worrisome about his true intentions here. Uh, but he makes a decent impression nonetheless. So Rosemary and Hal do finally sleep together. This is, of course, where we get that toll trailer bit as well where she's taking off her underwear and throwing them at him and yeah we get Gwyneth Paltrow's half naked body double another very logistical concern of mine when when it comes to the premise of this movie yes and we do find out I guess how that works basically kind of right now so so Mauricio is worried about Hal's obviously like new taste in women convinces Tony Robbins Tony Robbins but yeah he actually like meets him somewhere or like tracks him down this is the most infuriating part of this movie to me by the way because he's just sticking his nose where it doesn't belong like who fucking cares yes like what he thinks what women he's attracted to why does he have to like track down he's like you fucked with my friend he only likes ugly women now it's like well that's not your problem (laughs) like fuck you yeah he's clearly just jealous that Hal's finally happy but he just doesn't understand why and so he goes to Tony Robbins, and this is where we get kind of an explanation of, I guess, the brain sees what the, uh, what is it? The brain feels what the eyes want or this or that. I don't know what the fuck I it is, but basically just fuck. convincing you that, you know, whatever he's seeing is how his brain will interpret it. And so that's what's allowing him to just feel a bombshell when they're having sex as well, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> but either way, yeah, after a bunch of just kind of like nagging and whatnot and prying and then lying, essentially saying that, you know, he's going to lose his job over this. <laughs> like, yeah it's like well, i don't want him to lose his job like he wouldn't if you had just fucking left him alone and so he gives him a phrase that it apparently will snap him out of it so Ma- magic yeah i guess this is just magic so this was also another trailer moment i remember where he's like haven't you ever heard the phrase beauty in the eye of the beholder and he's like haven't you ever heard the song who let the dogs out <laughs> oh yeah what a Ew. 2001 fucking joke that is yeah yeah and a gross one at that <laughs> 
Uh, gross song, by the way. Baja Men. Get it together, guys. Shut up, dude. Yeah. No, I'm telling. I'm talking <laughs> to you. Shut no, up, dude. Who let the dogs out, man? That is. It's not about dogs, Zach. No, it's about dogs. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it, no, it's about dogs. dogs. No, Zach. Fucking, I we'll will look it. into it because there's lyrics yeah. about barking. Yeah. Oh, I know. And if you've seen the music video, you may know that that has to do with maybe inner beauty. I don't know. I or lack thereof, this. according we're to gonna said nostal- We're going to have to nostalgia be damned who let the dogs out. <laughs> oh, my God. Who let the dogs out meaning? Yeah. Oh, you're Googling this oh now. Oh, my God. It's about men who cat call women. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> well, this yeah, you got to cancel it. Yeah, exactly. Baja yeah, men canceled. We have canceled. to cancel Baja <laughs> men. God damn it. This is what fucking progress sounds like, by the way, to all our listeners, because I... This is why we do this show. I was <laughs> going your whole life thinking, who let the dogs out? It was about fucking dogs. <laughs> it was about actual dogs, canines. Yeah, you were literally singing that with Phoebe when I called you earlier, right? Yeah. <laughs> fucking. It's, it's in her a Rugrats favorite song. Movie. Yeah, exactly, man. It's in a Rugrats movie. There's no it's excuse. fucking insane. That was Nickelodeon's oh fucking theme song for a good couple oh, of years. Oh, they loved it. Yeah. yeah. God damn. Things change. Oh, no. Things change. Oh, gosh. You're going to go fucking kill myself. <laughs> so uh, while out on a date, Rosemary tells Hal that she's been asked by the Peace Corps to go on some 14-month mission. And while he's there, he goes to, I believe it's the restroom or something, or that's when Mauricio gives him a call. Okay, because again, they break the bench or the, the bar that she's sitting on again because got to keep doing that joke. So <laughs> yep. annoying. It was yeah. just as funny the second or third time. He gets a call from Mauricio who tells him the phrase, shallow Hal wants a gal. And that is, uh, I guess, what undoes the hypnosis. And so, oh, yeah, we get this whole, this lovely joke here is where he's talking to the hostess. And uh, mm-hmm. when he turns away, is a man. yeah, when he turns away and he talks to Jason Alexander, turns back, it's all of a sudden now a different, it's like, a yeah, it's clearly like a trans joke. And it's like, okay, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah, I just don't. Again, a lot of this stuff was obviously 2001 rearing its ugly head in. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he then goes back to like sit down and he just sees the back of Rosemary and he's very confused. That's why he's actually chatting with the hostess like, who's this very robust woman sitting at my table eating our food? Mm-hmm. And then just as he's about to confront her, that's when Jason Alexander like comes in, grabs him and uh, explains what's going on now that he basically fucked him. Yeah. That he, he and he really did. He's screwed. Yeah. Like also, th- the whole rest of this movie is just him backtracking to like places to see like, oh well, this is what this really looked like. So Mauricio confesses to Hal kind of the, the whole truth about the hypnotherapy, but Hal, you know, doesn't believe it initially until he runs into that woman, that bombshell he met earlier from the uh, cab, the one he shared the cab that with. That he never called. Yes, exactly. Who initially. He, appeared very beautiful to him. Now Hal sees her in her true physically unattractive state. And that is when Hal begins to basically avoid Rosemary, who then becomes depressed without him around. Uh, we get a little life is sad montage. And we, we do get a conversation between him and Jason Alexander, basically like, so who's the most, you know, who's, who's your, your ultimate, who's your, your dream girl. And he's like, well, Wonder Woman. And he's like, okay, well, if you had Wonder Woman and you know, everyone else wasn't attracted to her, would you care? And he's like, no, cause they'd be wrong. He's like, well, yeah, that's what I fucking had, dude. You ruined that. And he's like, oh, shit. And <laughs> I guess I did screw you. <laughs> yeah, he laughs. <at> <laughs> you dig, dude. Fuck. Ah. 
He's the worst character. There's no redeeming qualities. It's one of the worst characters I think I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> no, and I will say, like, the explanation of why he's such a dick is... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Honestly, it's a laugh. I do get a laugh out of how stupid it is. Just so. I'd see and I didn't. <laughs> but I, I will tell you, Brandon... I didn't. I don't think I laughed a single time in this movie. They were few and far between. I, there was maybe a couple chuckles. Honestly, I, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, but I don't remember them. And also, not a single fart joke. Yeah, and I don't like. What are you doing? What are you doing? How are you gonna do all these freaking fat jokes and not have a fart joke? Yeah, how do you have Jason Alexander in your movie and not have a fart joke? Not a single fart joke. Jack Black's in the movie, not a fart joke. Tony Robbins in this movie. <laughs> Tony Robbins doesn't rip a giant freaking fart. I call bullshit. Yeah. This is bullshit. Later, uh, Hal actually accepts a dinner invitation from Jill, that sexy neighbor. Um, she comes over asking him out. She's been asking him out, and we keep cutting to her every so often when she keeps seeing him with these girls that he's bringing home or the ones he's out with the club at, and she finally expresses you know her feelings to him when she explains that like it wasn't necessarily that i was unattracted to you that i didn't choose to go out with you it was because i just found you to be a shallow person mm-hmm. and now i clearly don't you know now the girls that you know physical beauty clearly means nothing to you uh with the girls you're bringing home now and now i kind of want to date you which i guess i don't know how that makes sense yeah though, right it's just the last temptation of Christ sort of moment in this script. There we go, yeah. Because, yeah. again, it's also one of those, ooh, uh, she saw something at the wrong moment, and now she's convinced I'm cheating on her or with this other woman because she, Jill grabs his hands at this restaurant, mm. and at that very moment, guess what? Rosemary and her family walk in, and this is the first time we actually see Gwyneth Paltrow in the, in fat, the fat suit. suit. Yeah, And I guess it's be, maybe because at this point in time, I guess that's why, but it's because at this point in time, she's just so depressed because of, you know, how essentially ghosting her, but she just looks so mopey. And I would have, I would have kind of wanted to see her as like the bright and bubbly Rosemary from like who we like met and like, just to yeah. see what this character would be like act and like interact in this suit and how she'd like look and behave. And yeah. And and my whole thing with like not revealing her face until the third act of the movie, it's like, well, you were just gonna put her in makeup and a fat suit anyway. Why did we wait? We knew what your, we knew what her face looked like. Yeah, it like we didn't know that we knew what her face looked like. But in the end, it's just Gwyneth Paltrow. If you were gonna maybe do a different actress, then I think I understand why you don't do a reveal yeah. until later on in the movie. But like, I, I it just. It it feels like it was just a way to like not have Gwyneth Paltrow in a fat suit a billion times in this movie. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. It's hard. I, it's probably be a lot harder to market the movie with less Gwyneth Paltrow footage. I suppose, yeah, I guess. In trailers and shit, but yeah, it, it's it does seem like a weird, like a gimmick almost. Like, wait till we see, wait till you see what she looks like in this fat suit. Like, we're waiting for it. And it just looks like yeah, and all it looks like is Gwyneth Paltrow in a fat suit. It's the only thing it looks like. It's like there's no there's no payoff. But she's, of course, very distraught when she sees him holding hands with Jill and whatnot and the fact that he's been not talking to her for a while. So she leaves the restaurant kind of crying. He even walks past her at one point and doesn't recognize her after she tells. Yeah, she says, she says hi. Hello and he to says, him. hi. He walks past her, goes to the phone to then call her as she's like walking out of the restaurant. And he's like, hey, babe, it's your lover. And she's like. What, are you a fucking psycho? Like what? Like yeah, it just hangs up. Yeah, what is your fucking? Uh, so effectively, yeah, breaking up with him, and then again, this is kind of just like from the moment 
the hypnosis is removed, there are maybe maybe four or five jokes even left in the movie. But honestly, it, there's the comedy's like sucked out of it. It's basically just a drama at this point. Done. It's gone. Yeah, there's nothing funny. Well, there is one Chase and Alexander thing, but that's it. I was gonna say there's a few of them here and there, but honestly, yeah, like the tone even feels a bit like darker. It, like especially highlighted here, where he then goes back to the hospital. He's trying to find Rosemary to apologize and whatnot. And he runs into the kid that we met earlier. Um, now we see her with the actual burn makeup on and whatnot. And it, it's it's a cute, effective scene. Like honestly, I think Jack Black like acts really well in this scene too. It's it's a good. I mean, moment. we know just, he's we know he's capable of it. Yes. So we're I, it's not surprising, but in this movie, it does feel a little out of place sometimes. So at this point, he believes that she has uh, accepted that Peace Corps position so she's going to be leaving so he really wants to see her before she goes to you know make up and have some sort of reunion but during his search for rosemary he does find that mauricio jason alexander does kind of have his own reason for stopping hal's hypnosis they get into this kind of argument where he tells him that there's something's been preventing him from ever getting close to a woman um and it's basically a birth defect in which he has (laughs) an extended (laughs) spine that it ends up being a tail yeah, an inoperable tail. Um, it's the weirdest fucking turn of anything. Dude, that, that's so weird. It's just like comes out of absolutely nowhere. Why would they like where in the writing process do they come up with that? I'm sure it was the visual gag that we'll get here in a bit. But like it's still even yeah. just that is like, let's explain this character being an absolute asshole because he's got a tail. <laughs> It's just so weird yeah. to me, and I guess I guess that's supposed to explain away how like all of his yeah physical obsessions with women and the little things that you know for for some reason are enough for him to break up with them the big toe thing and it's like ah oh, I just don't so... buy it man because <laughs> yeah. I, I I know that people who have something like that not that I don't I doubt that there's people out there with a wagging tail but um <laughs> of this yeah of this nature probably not a whole yeah lot. but yeah. i just you know people in that kind of situation have a much better perspective on life than whatever this character has so i just don't buy it i it just it's very unbelievable to me well sure if, if anything it's it's like that person would probably also feel more forgiven of people's abnormalities and things like that. Like it right. just makes no sense that yeah. he'd turn the opposite direction. And someone with a tail does not give a shit that someone's <laughs> second toe is slightly bigger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I did get it. This is where my other laugh came in. Uh, I will say is when Jack Black is talking to Jason Alexander, trying to like pump him up and like to accept his abnormality with confidence. He's like, come on, man, you're pulling in what? 28, 29 G a year. And he's like, yeah, 29, yeah. five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was funny. Yeah. That made me laugh. They're like making no money. <laughs> that, that was funny. Okay. Oh gosh. But, um, Hal does make up with Mauricio decides to reconcile with Rosemary. So he heads to the Peace Corps recruiting office, confronts one of the guys that he, again, saw earlier as this hunk, and now, you know, I think he's got like, yeah, like dandruff and yeah, he's got like eczema yeah, he just, or something. Yeah. It's like, okay. He's, again, so it's like, all right, some people's appearance change drastically. So they must be really beautiful on the inside. And others who are just kind of middle of the road, maybe they stay the same. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. No, there's no point at this. But I mean, there were two hours in this movie. There's no, no fucking point. But uh, the guy, Ralph there, he informs Hal that uh, Rosemary is going to be leaving for the Peace Corps. Her family is throwing her this sort of farewell party right now. So they all head to the party. 
Uh, there's sort of a, you know, tearful exchange of words. She ends up accepting his apology. You did skip over him making out with the waitress. Oh, God damn it. Because right. he yes. thinks like just any fat woman is like Rosemary. Yeah, Rosemary. Yeah, he assumes yeah. a fat woman at the party is Rosemary because he... <laughs> I do, I did appreciate a little bit like the scene of him just walking up to a random person and very self serious, like I'm not gonna lose you, you know, like that. <laughs> yes, like yeah. I did appreciate that as a gag. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that okay. So maybe those those two things, the Jason Alexander money thing, and that <laughs> that visual gag of him just walking up to a stranger and professing love, like very self serious. I thought that was funny. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, there's the whole everyone's watching the dad who's been kind of increasingly getting pissed off more and more at him over the movie because of his lack of like actual love for his daughter. Or, or that's what it seems mm-hmm. like. Anyway, he's been pulling back recently. Finally, he's like, get the fuck out of here. This and that. Um, but he does profess his love for her. Rosemary accepts the apology. It does inform him that she's leaving for the Peace Corps like mission. She's already accepted. And then Hal's like, you know what? It's too long to wait. I'm coming too. Yeah. Having just been sworn in to the Peace Corps, I guess, by the other guy uh, about a half an hour ago. So that's pretty sweet. And yeah, they reconcile. They're cheered on by the crowd. They kiss. We try to get the uh, one more joke in here where he tries to carry her bridal style uh, to the car, but he can't lift her. So she picks him up and carries him and she uh, triumphantly carries him instead. And as they drive off, uh, Jason Alexander is uh, (laughs) schmoozing with some lady with a dog and um because she likes dogs, he seems to think that might be an in. And so he asks her if she'd like to go get a drink or whatever. And she turns, they start to walk away. And I feel like so much of this movie was built towards this, 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 this joke. joke, this fucking visual gag of his little spinal cord underneath his pants, yeah. wagging like a dog, all excited. That's probably how this movie came to fruition. Where they were like, <laughs> okay, what if this guy's got a tail? And the last shot is it wagging that he's finally found a woman. Well, how are we going to build into that? Okay, hear me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like just a, a blank whiteboard that they're drawing ideas on. And it's uh, they write the movie backwards, and it starts. And like, what we got was shallow half. <laughs> yeah. oh, holy shit! Yeah, all these just random disparate ideas: spinal cord, burn victims, fat suit, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> circle that. Circle that. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's Shallow Hal. I... Go ahead. Huh, yeah, I we, we, we breezed through our quote-unquote nostalgia for yeah. this movie or what we felt about it in the beginning, and that's honestly because I do remember this being the very first DVD I ever watched. My dad bought Black Hawk Down and Shallow Hal when he bought his DVD player, and so that, for some reason, like, dude, I popped this in uh, to watch, and the fucking DVD music menu sound, like, literally triggered in me like holy shit like wow. I, yeah, that was like childhood shit like coming back by the way black hawk down strangely a better movie uh well we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> future episode <laughs> i mean if we have four hours yeah good god that's a great movie i think yeah so i again i don't this isn't a movie that i especially in jack black's over i would always go towards the you know the school of rocks or orange counties like those were far more funny to me than this movie and then revisiting it i realized yeah this is a movie that i can't imagine me being a kid enjoying all that much because the gags that you do laugh at are all right in the trailer if you want to watch you know the funny bits of this movie really you can see it in two minutes in that little the trailer there and i get why it was marketed the way it was you know really playing into 
this is a, you know, a fat joke comedy from the guys who did Dumb and Dumber and Me, Myself, and Irene. And, and then when you get into it, it's like, it is, but it's also going to, like, beat you over the head with this very, like, mawkish lesson of we should appreciate each other's inner beauty. And while I don't think the message is a bad one, I certainly think it's with, you know, good intentions. It just came off as uh, kind of preachy, but, like, that hollow preachy where I don't actually know if they believe what they're telling me or this or that. And so it's like, yeah, you can you can have your cake and eat it too by having all these like fat jokes, but also tell us we maybe shouldn't have been laughing all along. I don't know. Again, I don't know if they want me to be like happy or sad or what at some points in this movie, but I will say Jack Black doesn't make this character necessarily likable, but does the best you possibly could with what's written here. Like I think with a different actor, this really could have fallen apart entirely. Jason Alexander's character really is problematic. I mean, it was then, but even yeah. so more so now he's just an absolute asshole. And I think the the whole representation of of Rosemary herself is also problematic in which like I I, I like the character. And they give me so mm. many of these things to obviously root for her and like about her. The fact that she's in the fucking Peace Corps yeah. and she, she volunteers at a children's hospital. It's like, yeah, of course, she's great. But also she does things that like no other person would do. And you can't just yeah. explain that away because of her weight. And it's like, I don't know. What she, but so honestly, it, it's supposed to be a comedy. I didn't laugh all that much. Um, it's far too yeah. long. It's almost two hours, which is come on. And if you're going to go with the whole like magic premise bullshit, Tony Robbins hypnotizes him. Like you should be able to have more fun. With this. Yeah. Like go all in every person he's met now is like different or this or that. Like it just seems like kind of half hearted in their uh, commitment to the premise. And so for that, I'd say it's, it doesn't hold up all that. Well, it wouldn't say it's like a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm surprised for yeah. that kind to it. Yeah, I it's am not too. it's not a complete yeah. wash again, mostly for Jack Black. I'll give it a 30. It was, you know, something I don't see myself rewatching again. It might not be the absolute worst. Well, it's not the worst Fairly Brothers movie because they've done movie 43 and other shit like that. But this was that like bland period they had with like this fever pitch stuck on you or it's like just like bland, like tasteless comedies with no bite. And like everything that I loved about them, those gross out gags are just so watered down that it's like, who is this for? And I don't know. Not for me. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have to do Fever Pitch too, which scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, like I just don't want to watch that movie. I, hey, but I man, feel like we kind of have to. We do. We got to get into Jimmy Fallon's Boston accent. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. You think I don't like Sandler? Wait till we do a Jimmy Fallon movie. <laughs> Dude, Taxi. Um, Him and Queen Latifah. Oh fuck me. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, so back to the movie that we currently are hating on. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you 100 um, it, percent. It's so it doesn't know what lane to pick. Do you want to be preachy? Do you want to be you can't. I You mentioned having your cake and eating it, too. I don't think you can do that in this movie. I think you have to pick a lane. I think you can't make the kind of extreme fat jokes you made in this movie and then also say, like, well, you shouldn't laugh at him, though. It's like, well, fuck you. What do you want from me? What do you want from me <laughs> yeah. in this movie? I, the characters are reprehensible. I, I don't buy the premise at all. It's confusing. Like you said, they just need to like go all in if they're going to do some sort of Freaky Friday bullshit in this movie and not just have like, oh, we have Tony Robbins in this movie. Isn't that cool? Like, yeah. yeah. First of all, no, it's not. <laughs> um but but second it's just i don't know man it feels just somehow lazy it just feels like a lazy movie i think they had this premise that would work 
it would work if you really put the time and effort into it, but they don't do that. They just kind of put together this sloppy movie with irredeemable characters. Like you said, Jack Black does his best, but I don't. I still didn't like him at the end of the movie. I still think he was a jerk by the end of the movie. I, I get that he learned his lesson, but like I didn't think it excused any of the behavior that he exhibited throughout the entire film towards women. Like, because he was still motivated by the fact that this woman was beautiful. And yes, he does fall in love with her personality by the end of it, but that's not why he went after her. He went after her because she's a bombshell. The development wasn't there enough for me, I guess. I I don't know. Or maybe I just hate it because it was boring on top of everything. It was a boring film. There was nothing that I laughed at. I guess the arc he has to overcome is basically being able to carry on conversations with people he doesn't find attractive. Right. <laughs> the fact that he can or like even talk to the girl with the at the burn unit without being without retching or like like that's his art like oh good for him. I just don't I, there's not anything in this movie for me. I think it's problematic and you know even if we've seen problematic movies on this movie before but that at least have some entertainment value there's nothing entertaining about this i don't think it's funny i don't think it's message gets across across as clearly as they want it to i just you know nothing really in it for me i don't even recommend it if you were nostalgic about it keep the nostalgia don't go back and listen to the problems of it just fucking stick with it um yeah 25 i terrible terrible movie yeah, I agree. Yeah, not not necessarily worth the nostalgia, and yeah, keep keep it if you got it. You don't need to go back yeah. to this one. And if you haven't no. seen it before, no needing. Don't <laughs> no needing checking it out now. Don't stay in that bliss. Yeah. All right. Well, Zach, before we get into next week's movie, was there anything that you did think was uh, worth watching, or uh, maybe not worth watching? Would you check out this? Oof. Last few weeks um, or so. <laughs> I've been busy moving into a new apartment, so it's, I haven't had a ton of time to watch. I did get sucked into another trashy television show that I can't believe I keep recommending on this. Dude, did you ever watch Love is Blind on Netflix? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, my God. It's amazing. These people are <laughs> fucking wild. It's so good. Um, yeah, so there's that. All right. There's, nice. there's Love is Blind. All right. I love it. I um, yeah. I did go to, I, I checked out um, Old, Shyamalan's Old. Oh, my God. I kind of wanted to see that. <sighs> Dude. Yeah. I want you to see it, too, because I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. yeah it's uh, one of those. Didn't it get crushed, though? Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It's, it's got like a, it's like 50-50. I think people, it, it's all going to depend on once you get to this end and his whole oogity yeah. boogity boogity gotcha. <laughs> didn't of see course, this one coming. Course. Oh. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. That's, I mean, I want to watch it. So exactly. Bad, yeah. Yeah, definitely worth the watch yeah because even if even yeah. if you find it dumb it's still i'd say i was entertained so yeah check that yeah. one out and i did finally watch just uh the other night uh suicide squad or the suicide squad let me mm. i mean it's better than the original one that's for sure and i had a lot of fun with it it's it's uh like a 100 on rotten tomatoes yeah it's point. not 100 percent or 97 percent it's got on there now yeah it's not that yeah. good but it's pretty damn fun I, I had a good time with it it's pretty bloody James, uh sylvester James stallone can... is a shark oh yeah that's right <laughs> james gunn can can do it sometimes man. yeah yeah i usually like james gunn stuff this one it does feel a bit more it's it's weird where they have so such a big budget but they're still trying to be that like scrappy almost like his back in his days of like the trauma stuff but w- yeah. but when you're doing it on such a big budget and it's like studio driven it just feels a little less risque you know what i mean uh, that's how i felt about birds of prey they made birds of prey out to be like some like chaotic crazy action movie and it yeah. was like it still feels like a superhero movie to me yeah it was just kind of the yeah. same like still fun like and, and it's better than most of the shit we got but like you know still kind of just another one of these so yeah okay fair enough 
Uh, all right, man. Well, so next week's movie, I believe, is streaming on HBO Max. Sure is. Uh, I'm fucking excited, Brandon. Jesus you Christ. You want to do this movie so bad, don't you? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we've all we've all tortured each other with, each, you know, with our choices here. Oh, <laughs> and I am so ready. This one is going to suck. I've seen it relatively recently, maybe as, as soon as like the last five years, but... Um, It's going to be fucking insane. (laughs) We are watching, I can't even remember the year. 1995, which is probably the last time I saw the movie. (laughs) 95? That movie came out in 95? What? 1995's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Wait, that movie did not come out in 95. I was three? 1995. Yeah. This was back. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know when when did Power Rangers start. Oh, well, I mean, it's... Started in Japan and then it like came to America. I had a bunch of Power oh, okay. Ranger VHSs, like from the show. Really? <laughs> so, oh my god, I can't believe 1995. Holy shit! Wow. Um. <laughs> so yeah, it's also yeah, it's on HBO Max. Um, I think it's on Prime Video too, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm fucking excited, dude. It is insanity. It's fucking crazy. It, there's the music. It's going to be the most 90s movies we've ever seen. Jason David Frank. Oh, my God. It's so fucking excited, dude. This going <laughs> to suck so bad. This <laughs> is, oh, my God. Dude, I, I used to like, I, I like the show for a brief amount of time. It's that and Pokemon, I think, for a solid six months, six or seven months of my life each, that was all I was thinking about. And then after that seven months, I'd never went back to them ever again in my life. I almost wonder too if we have to try and find the new, oh, uh, the new one, which was Jesus I remember watching Christ. like parts of it and being like, "Fuck this bullshit." I hope you so, watch that beforehand. Yeah, that'll be good. I th- isn't Brian it'll Cranston be a good, in there? Brian Cranston plays Zordon, which God damn it, fucking Zordon, dude. <laughs> Zordon, Jesus Alpha Five, Zord- Zord- and fuck it, yeah, and fucking what's his um. Bill Hader plays Alpha Five. Oh, that's like, right. Oh yeah, that's God. right. And fucking Elizabeth Banks plays. Um, I can't remember the villain's name. It's fucking. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We got so much to fucking talk about next week. I'm so excited, dude. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> tune into that when that drops. You can check out all of our episodes where we're originally hosted on NBD at nbd.podbean.com. But you can also find us on any uh, podcast app. I uh, Apple iTunes, any of those, like, mm-hmm. Spotify, all the good places. Wherever you download podcasts, we're likely there. Yeah, yeah and send, feel free to send us a message on all the social networking sites. Maybe not Facebook. We don't really check Facebook anymore because that site sucks. Um, fuck you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> but Twitter and Instagram, Twitter, the gram. You can also email us at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail dot com. Uh, we do take requests, and we're also taking requests on stuff that maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys would be willing to pay for. That's right. Any suggestions? We're looking to get maybe a Patreon page started here uh, fairly shortly. So any ideas, send them our way. We're just interested in uh, creating some more content and building the show out a bit more. That'd be fucking sweet. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Uh, all right. Well, Brandon, do you have anything else to say about Shallow Hal or movies? Two alternative taglines for the one that I gave you earlier. I don't know if you uh, did forget it, but just to remind everyone before we go, the biggest love story ever told, that was the one they went with. However, here's the other one. Are you a shallow guy? Question mark. Not very good tagline. This one, though, true love is worth the wait, and wait is spelled W-E-I-G-H-T. So I'm glad you 
waited for that. <laughs> Let's never fucking think about this movie ever again. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out. Bye.